Hey there, I'm Becky, and welcome to Literary Escapes with me, Becky. Thanks for joining me today as we talk about all kinds of great bookish escapes. Today I'm talking with author Tamitha Kane, and I am so excited to share with you her historical fiction set in Jacksonville. So much interesting history there. Let's jump right in. So great. Tamitha, welcome to the Literary Skips podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I love talking to authors and hearing their stories and really enjoyed looking at the book that you had that just came out. That sounds so interesting. So I can't oh, wait good. to dig into that one. Great. Um, before we do that, though, how did you yeah. get into writing? Well, most recently, um, in the last couple of years, I, you know, I've always had the dream, obviously, as all of us writers will always answer. Yep. Um, I always used to write when I was a child. And, but then, you know, I, I, my husband and I did get married relatively young and then we started having kids and writing. And also my music career went by, by the wayside for a little while. And, uh, and then I started another business. And then um, as my older as my children got older and the last one went to school, I started to realize I can, you know, we're, we're in a place where maybe I can, you know, do this full time. And uh, so I closed my, I used to do um, custom wedding cakes uh, oh, wow. for, for, for many years, like for oh, like 12 years, I have wow. my own business. I sort of stopped taking wedding cake orders, started spending more time writing. And, um, you know, with that first book, it's sort of, like, can I even do this? You right. Know, how, how do you get, you might, you can have how do you great do ideas, this? but how Why do you, am I yeah. doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that first time getting to the middle of, of the draft and you're like, well, where is it supposed to go? Yeah. <laughs> In the world was, I think, um, but then that book, I, uh, I joined a uh, Florida writers association and entered it in the Royal Palm literary competition and it, and it won gold. Wow. And um, I think that also just made me feel like just even just with my family and everyone who knew that I was trying to to write, it just gave me a little boost of confidence that absolutely it's not just me who thinks maybe I could write a book. Um, that's my first one. And it did really well. So then I, uh, I it just evolved really from there. Um, I wrote another book, the, the one that we're going to talk about, Song of the Chimney Sweep. Um, I was agented for a little while. I actually got an agent really quickly, a, a big agent in, in New York. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, you know, that's a whole other story. But uh, um, after a while of of that first book being out on submission, you know, things were going a lot more quickly than I thought. But at the same time, it felt it felt right because I'm starting a little bit older than a lot mm -hmm. of people going into the uh, going into the industry. And Anyway, um, trying to wrap that question up, I, I ended up uh, querying Ariel Hoy at uh, Orange Blossom Publishing Yeah, with my second novel. And she uh, had that reaction that writers hope um, an editor or publisher will have. And it was wonderful. And it's been really great working with her. And then uh, it, it came out in August. And it's kind of hard to put a you know, put a date on when did I start writing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, because it, it's like a, it's a 
a process and it is yeah find it yourself is. at different stages and you look around like how did I how did I get here actually um but it has been it has been great so far that's awesome your first book that you wrote did that actually get published it is not published yet okay um, um again uh everything seems to go into another story but um, that, that's that okay. book was going to be my next one with uh with orange blossom in the meantime, I was working on a um, biographical fiction about Una O'Neill Chaplin. So Charlie Chaplin's. I was looking wife. at that one too. <laughs> the one that the lady he was married to for 34 years and they had eight children and um, she was obviously much younger than him. And it was just, it's just a fascinating story. And I couldn't believe that there is no biographical fiction about her. You know, right. she's mentioned when he's talked about or when her father, Eugene O'Neill, the playwright, was is talked about. Okay. But so what happened was um, we were talking about that book and uh, and then we heard that a movie was coming out. I heard a mo the movie Babylon was coming out, which will have Tobey Maguire playing Charlie Chaplin in a, a small role. Okay. I thought, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could get this book out around the same time? And so uh, Ariel and I just kind of jumped into, jumped jumped into, into that we, one. Yeah. yeah, we pushed that first one out of our minds for a little while. And uh, we signed a contract on um, on this one yeah, on, on Only Una. And um, yeah, so so now that's coming out uh, January 3rd, sort of that's in exciting. tandem with the timing of that movie. So yeah, yeah cool. I'm really excited about that. It's pretty close together for two books, um, especially yeah. for a new author. But, you know, just feel like okay. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and the publishing industry is just changing so much. There's just, I feel like all these rules we're supposed to learn and follow, they change every day. They you do, know, especially you can, when you go with someone like Ariel at a smaller publisher, Right. there's a lot press. more flexibility, I would think, in mm -hmm. the timing of, because the big publishing houses, they basically only want one a year. And mm -hmm, right. if you happen to write more than that, they're not going to take it typically yeah. is, mm -hmm. is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you either contract with another publisher or you self-publish or however, right. you, you know, mm -hmm. so um, that's interesting. I love that she was willing to work with you on that. Yeah, me too. She's, she's great. And uh, it's, it's very exciting um, to, uh, you know, to have that, that dynamic kind yeah. of um, support that she is able to provide. And um, I, I get writers contacting me all the time about how, how I feel about having gone with a small press. And I say, no regrets. That's awesome. You know, yeah. I, I really feel like it's, uh, you know, the, like I said, the market is, is just changing so much mm -hmm. and it's all, it's all about what you and uh, you know, the, the people that support you are willing to do. And I, I really don't know that. I mean, I, obviously I still have that, that dream of one of the big publishing houses falling in love with one of my books and, uh, you know, but that I'm not sure that that cool. dream even, yeah, but I'm not even sure <clears throat> if that same dream even exists anymore, you know, having if it your needs book pulled to, yeah. Out, right. Right. Yeah. Having your book pulled from, you know, the, the slush pile of some editor's desk that doesn't even those piles don't even really exist in the I don't same think way they anymore. Do. Yeah. yeah. I, like you said, a lot has changed in publishing mm -hmm. over the years. And yeah, the New York people have had to adjust also. Right. And 
so yeah, that's, that's really cool. So let's talk about song of the chimney sweep. Okay. That one just came out at the end of August this year right. and mm-hmm. it's historical fiction. Mm-hmm. So tell us what that one's about. Yeah. So it is historical fiction. It's got a, a dual timeline um, and uh, a, a mystery uh, wrapped up in actually two, you know, romantic suspense situations going on. Wow. Um, and uh, so the, the the first timeline is set starting in the late 60s, um, where a late young woman named um, Betty uh, meets a uh, up and coming R&B artist here in Jacksonville, Florida. It's at okay. where, where I live. Um, so at the Florida Georgia line. And he, you know, goes on to superstardom while she um, ends up having to stay or go back to Jacksonville to take care of her, uh, her mother and watches his, watch his rise, you know, mm-hmm. from behind a, uh, the, the front desk of a, of a dying motel roadside motel, you know, those, okay. those iconic yeah. roadside motels we have here. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Especially in Florida. We have a um, few. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, but then one day she disappears and it is inspired by a real story that that actually happened um, here in Jacksonville oh, off wow. of Highway 17. Um, and then in the modern day, there in the in the other timeline, um, there's a podcast that is looking into the missing woman's story. Okay. And actually, the two podcasters went to UNF. Oh. And, uh, okay. We're you know we're friends uh, there in the communications department, and they they started this podcast together. They. Uh, very obviously like each other, but they are avoiding that part of their relationship because of their business. And um, they end up finding out a lot more than they intended or thought they would. And right. they're, they're looking into this story. So it's told in the dual timelines. And also you get transcripts of the podcast that also help inform. Um, so, so a lot of the time the, the reader is privy to clues that uh, the investigators themselves are not uh, okay to yeah so then it ties up i think in a very satisfying way awesome yeah i I get a lot of people text me when they're done reading it saying i'm crying (laughs) that's awesome in a good way so that yeah that makes me happy so uh so it does have you know a uh, sort of a bittersweet, but still uplifting ending. Nice. Um, not to give too much away. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So um, so that's been out since uh, August, and I think it's it's getting some you know some good. I'm getting some good feedback on it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's um, it it seems to me that it would be really challenging to write a mystery or suspense type book because you have to have all the. Cl- clues that are stuck in yeah that you only get after the fact right right red herrings along the way and and that is one of my favorite parts about reading a a mystery so you know all the things that I love about a really good mystery I tried to you know learn figure out how they do it Mm because the really good ones you don't even you know you don't see the clues coming at all yeah no you just read a clue even seasoned mystery readers, you know, where we want, we want to think everything is a clue. Oh, that must be, <laughs> oh, that, oh, it must be her. It must be, that's what happened. That's um, funny. So, yeah. So it's just so much fun to go back through and sort of, you know, realize, like, you know, let me drop this here and what's the best way to drop it. Oh my goodness. So much fun. 
So just talking about us making me want to write another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's the so, most fun part. Do you have like an outline where you have that all, or do you just rough draft it and then go back and put your clues and herrings in and all that? Yeah. So, um, with that one, um, I didn't, I had a a rough idea. I knew what I wanted to end up happening. I wasn't positive how it was going to get there. Okay. And several major things that happened really did evolve while writing the scenes. I love that. Okay. Yeah, me too. I, um, yeah, I find where, that where so amazing how a story kind of writes itself. You have yes. no idea that it's going to go there. Exactly, exactly. Where And when people used to say that, or I used to read that maybe in, you know, writing advice articles and stuff, I would say, come on. Yeah, how that do doesn't you, really happen. The story's not going <laughs> to tell itself. You have to tell the story, but no, it really is true. Yeah. You'll be going along writing one of the characters saying something or or something. It's almost like they tell you, oh, I remember when this happened and it's not you, it's them. Remember, right, I know that right. sounds, it might sound a little wacky if you don't do that, you know, for a living, but yeah, it, that's it's how it cool. happens sometimes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I've talked to authors where they're like, you know, the characters kind of introduce themselves to the author, yeah. if you will. And mm-hmm. the author has no idea who, you know, who this character is until... Mm-hmm they really get into it and the character just kind of lets themselves be known, I guess. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I, think I love that. Things, me too. And I think it's um, it, obviously since ultimately it, it is coming from your mind, you don't know what your brain is going to draw from, you know, right. what person you met when you were 12 is going to come out and, you know, say, um, you know, some words that you heard as as a child are going to come out of a, a character's mouth and you just sit there and smile. Like, yeah, I, I recognize you, you know, I, <laughs> I know who you are now. Hey. You know? yeah. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So with song of the chimney sweep, how did you hear about that story? Um, so the, 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 there are several sort of local stories woven through this book. Um, including a lot of Jacksonville's um, musical history, sort oh, of the, cool. the Almond Brothers and Ray Charles and Leonard Skinner and Ma Rainey and Blind Blake and all that stuff. Because of my musical background, I really wanted that to be part of nice. this, uh, this book. Um, but uh, I uh, I was reading, actually, there is a, a blog, a, a local writer, he's wonderful, like sort of, I, I think he's sort of an investigative writer, but he writes about different things that are part of Jacksonville's history. And I, I saw this one story about a lady, oh gosh, well, her name just flew out of my head. Um, but a lady who disappeared from a motel um, off of Highway 17 and the uh, people suspected her husband. Okay. And uh, just again, long story short, years later after he had passed away, they found her Unfortunately, her remains in her car in the St. Mary's River. Oh. So she had, there's a little bridge there and she had driven off instead of onto the bridge. Okay. Um, it's a really small river at that point, um, you know, where the bridge is, a small bridge. So apparently she had, as far as they know, she drove off. The, and I just thought that was so fascinating and um, started that, that story just kept growing. And in my head. Yeah. So, so this book is not about her. 
but it does include that story as sort okay. of one of the clues. Kind like, of an inspiration. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually mentioned that story is mentioned here when, when they're investigating what happened to Betty. It's okay. like, oh, they're similar stories, you know, maybe could it have been, you know, someone preying on these people, right, behind right. The, you know, at, at the motels of the, they're so isolated. And so it, um, I didn't want it to seem like I was, you know, fictionalizing that woman's story, but I did include it because it's part of Jacksonville's interesting history. Right. So, um, so that's kind of where that part of it started. Okay. But different elements of the story had inspirations in different places. Yeah. For instance, there's, uh, there's a, a treasure hunt that ends up kicking off because of the podcast's investigation. And it takes place near where I live. I live in sort of a historic district near downtown. And um, that's how we brought in the, the the chimney sweep element. Again, not to give too much away, but, um, <laughs> you know, so the houses and, and the, the history of Jacksonville's architecture um, kind of comes in and uh, without, you know, without it becoming like a history book, um, right, it, right. It's, it still does, I think, sort of give North Florida its own place as a, a character in the book. I love that. Yeah. And I like when um, an author can give you a sense of a city, like you said, without being a history lesson necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's so many really cool cities in, in Florida there and are. to share pieces of their uniqueness is always interesting. Right. Especially Jacksonville, because uh, as I say in the book, it sort of has an identity crisis and it's the place that people just sort of pass through on their way to someplace more fun. Right. Right. And, um, you know, people don't, a lot of people don't necessarily like the name They, you know, they don't want to say, I mean, it's a, it's a fun place to visit. We've got the beaches, we've got, you know, so much going on, but, um, just tends to be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do kind of just at the beginning of the book in the first transcript, go into some of the things Jacksonville's known for, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, just, I just have the the podcaster just explaining to the new, you know, for the new season, here's where this is going to be set in our town of Jacksonville, okay. what, what we're known for. <laughs> I, I feel like it gives uh, sort of a basis for, you know, why it's, why is the story even set here? There, nice. there, there's a lot that people don't know about that, mm-hmm. that actually came from here. Uh, silent films used to be, you know, back in the very beginning of silent films, it was a, a silent film uh, hotspot. Really? And yeah. Um, okay. Who knew? I, think, I think even some Keystone Cops uh, um, films were shot here. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, actually a tie-in, a good tie-in to Charlie Chaplin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because so, I, I believe that he actually came here. They they were scouting locations like in, in the 1914 or something. Okay. Really. Yeah. That's so yes. interesting. Wow. Uh-huh. So how did you fall into the Una Chaplin yeah, story? So that that was, that's a, was a completely different um type of book right it's yeah completely different from the two that I wrote before which were both kind of well the first one was definitely a literary mystery and and the other one was definitely a mystery or a suspense well I I got interested in Charlie Chaplin when I took a a film course um when I went back to school I was taking two film courses and um you know I was gonna do a paper on him and my interest in in 
who this lady was that he married grew. And I started doing research on, on her, on Una. And I thought, my goodness, so it's, it's so strange actually, that there's not much about her out here. You only, you only read about her and it's, it's not like he plucked her from obscurity. She had her own name. Um, you know, she was a well-known young woman, but, um, you know, so there's so many books about some famous man's wife. How has nobody written about, right. about her? Uh, it turns out that she was an extremely private person and there's not really that much to go on unless you really, really, really enjoy digging. <laughs> and I really, really do. <laughs> I bought, uh, I don't know I, if I can show you my, uh, my bookshelf. That's, okay. that's all, that's all just Eugene O'Neill and Una and everything involved with Eugene O'Neill and Charlie Chaplin, people who've written books about them who knew them biographies wow everything and just any time that she was mentioned or even just um you know her her best friend from young teenhood through the rest of her life was uh one of them was a girl named Carol Marcus who was a socialite in Manhattan she married um a famous playwright and uh I had to by biographies about him. Um, so, uh, uh, Saroyan, she married uh, Bill Saroyan because Una's mentioned in his in their books, yeah. yeah, from when he yeah. was dating her friend. So, um, and then I just learned such interesting things that, um, you know, connections that, that just gave me such a thrill. You know, her cousin uh, wrote, um, or maybe second cousin wrote, uh, the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so her, you know, she was famous on on her dad's side, but her her mother's side too. Agnes Bolton. They were artists and writers in in Massachusetts, where I was born. So I just, you know, became more and more fascinated. Like, yeah, this is definitely somebody I want to learn more yeah. about. And there, there still wasn't an, a book out there, and I was sort of racing like there's got to be someone else who's writing about Una. Exactly. Geographically, where is it set? Okay. So it, um, it's, she was born in Bermuda. Mm. So the first scene takes us back to, um, you know, her childhood in Bermuda and things are starting to go south between her parents. And we do kind of go back and forth as she, you know, grows up. We still see these scenes that were sort of her formative moments as a little child, because, her father was not very nice to his children and uh you know the the O'Neill curse that they they called it or used as an excuse I guess he he abandoned them for another woman and he left her and her brother and um so we go back and forth uh as her life is just turned upside down as a small child they moved to Massachusetts to where Agnes's um family lived Okay. And then ultimately to, uh, well, not ultimately, but um, as she becomes a young woman to Manhattan. Okay. Um, when her, her mother decides, you know, she's going to put her in a good school in Manhattan. So right. Give her her best prospects to meet a, meet someone appropriate, I suppose, and puts her in all the, you know, the dancing classes. And that's where she meets Carol Marcus. Um, so we, then we go to Manhattan where, which is kind of the, the fun I believe the fun part of the book where she uh, she's out on the town with Truman Capote as a teenager and, and uh, uh, Gloria Vanderbilt as a teenager, she's introduced to them through Carol. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, going to the stork club and, and being in the society pages and all of that. Um, but through it all, she is longing for a relationship with her father and he's just ignoring her and cutting her off or right. only, only thing he really has to say is when he doesn't like something she did. And so what does a teenage girl do? Well, not all teenage girls, but she, you know, any attention is good attention. So, yeah. Um, and, but she keeps on trying and, um, and then it, huh. it ends up, he, he then has moved to California. The, that's when the book turns to when she's old enough, you know, she takes this epic train ride across the country, um, really has her eyes open and she wants to go and, you know, see him for herself. Okay. Um, and, um, when she's in California, lots of things change. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. All uh, different world. Manhattan, yeah. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and Carol are, are both inspired by California because Gloria goes there. Gloria Vanderbilt, the first chance she got right at 17, she took off to California's. Her mom finally said she'd see her and she just got married, said, I'm not coming back. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so, so her friends are also like, oh, California and Luna's dad is there. So, you know, it's not a secret. It doesn't go the way she wanted. She yeah. ends up in Hollywood and she ends up meeting Charlie Chaplin. That's great. How does she meet him? Um, well, she uh, she met, I think her mother helped her to meet an agent who set up a meeting. Was she trying um, to get into movies? Yes. Well, she she wanted to be on the stage and okay. her father was very much against it and um, made him super angry that she wanted to be an actress, which made no sense because yeah. <laughs> he was married to a former actress. Well, and know, he's a playwright. Is that... And he's a playwright. Yeah. So, and, um, so she, I guess she just felt, you know, my name's O'Neill. I can act and why not? She's pretty. He got very angry about that, but then, um, her mother sort of changed the script a little bit and nice. said, come to Hollywood. And you know, she wanted her to become a movie star. Okay. Actually there, there's this wonderful video on YouTube that is somehow it was saved. It was her screen test, Una's one and only screen test. And it's just so endearing. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> oh dear. And she's just so, you know, sweet and pretty. And like she's got her Park Avenue affected accent. <laughs> but they want her, they want her to sort of act like she's a, I think it was a uh, like a, a Polish peasant. Oh. I think it was a Polish peasant. She's got a <laughs> scarf on her head and she's trying to and she doesn't understand what they want her to do when she's looking over here and looking. Oh, poor thing. I just love her so much. <laughs> I swear. I just fell in love with her as a person so much, but that's um, so funny. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, she was introduced to Charlie Chaplin and he was going to give her acting lessons. Ostensibly that was the plan, but they fell in love. Okay. And it's like a month after, yeah, he was much older than her. Or she was much younger than him. Uh, he, he did have a reputation for dating people too young for him. And it was time for him to, you know, cut that out. And he, he was in, he was in trouble uh, at the time. And uh, for, for those kinds of things. Yeah. And uh, she didn't care. She fell head over heels for him. And and wow. obviously she had issues with yeah trying to get her dad's love. And it, it's not that, yeah you know, hard to, to, understand especially in that time and war times and stuff so and, um, what, what time frame was this like the so they met teens? in 
Yeah, it was in 40. I'm looking at my board over here. Um, they met, they were married in 43. They met okay. in 42, like okay. in, uh, towards the end of 42. And uh, she turned 18 in May and they were married in June. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she was young. The, yeah, very young. And people obviously thought, a lot of people said she was just a gold digger or she's, you know, uh, he's a dirty old man or but they proved everybody wrong and they were married for 34 years. And like wow. I said, they had eight children. Eight kids, yeah. Yeah. And one of them uh, I've actually become internet good friends with, uh, Jane Chaplin. She's a she's the sixth of the eight children. She lives in wow. Columbia, okay. South America. Yeah, she's a filmmaker. I reached out to her one day and it, it was it's just become amazing how you can become friends with someone from right. so far away. Um, there's, I, I did a little article on medium about it called conversations with Jane. Uh, so we have a quote, uh, by her on the, on the cover, um, that says where, where she said, um, there have been so many books about my dad, you know, my mom deserves to have her story told. Aww. And, and, uh, so finally it's going to be told I actually also became friends with, uh, so, uh, Una's brother, Shane, he had several children and one of them follows me on, on Instagram now. And I followed her back and she keeps posting how she's so excited to read about uh, the story of her aunt. And she, uh, just today, she, she sent me a quote um, to use when we post oh, about cool. the Una book. Yeah. She said, how, how generous she people is. are yeah, I'm yeah. just amazing. Just, it's just, and, and honestly, the internet is just, I, I, I just can't get over it. I, I just yeah. can't get over the connections you can make now nowadays and well there's uh, not for, as many gatekeepers it feels like because mm -hmm. of technology mm -hmm. you can write someone like yes. charlie chaplin and una's daughter, daughter and yeah. go directly to her yeah i mean they they can ignore you if they want but when sure. they don't it's the connection can be so amazing yeah and it has been you know it, it's 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 just been i mean i consider her a I'd love to meet her in person again. Another person that's I'd love so to meet cool. In person. Yeah. yeah. What a what a crazy journey. Yeah, <laughs> that's really that's, cool. Yeah. So um, I I guess while I was finishing up with that couple of film classes, I was writing the beginnings of this book. And like I said, when we heard that the uh, the film Babylon was coming out, um, I think we I heard that it's coming out Christmas, but it's going wide early January. Okay. And I thought, you know, there's going to be a lot of interest. Uh, I would hope again, I mean, interest in Charlie Chaplin never goes away. Right. It's just, you know, it's but the some fact kind that of he'll be phenomenal. Forefront. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so let's that's try really get good timing a yeah. story out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's very exciting. It's going to be uh, January 3rd. Nice. That's really exciting. So yeah. are you working on a next book? Yeah, well, uh, I have like three <laughs> files started on my computer with ideas that are like, yeah, this is it. This is what I'm definitely doing this. <laughs> For sure doing yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, and then I do like three days of obsessive research and then I have another idea. But, but I, I've started several things. I'm just not sure which one I'm going to focus on. With, okay. with everything going on with the one book just coming out and another one in a few months, it feels like a season where I should be just focusing and making sure that what I'm going to be spending a lot of time on for the next year or two or however many years is really something that I, you know, it's not just a flash of idea. Right, that right. Sounds awesome. So 
So right now I'm trying not to, you know, get ahead of myself and just start writing mm-hmm. six chapters of something that is not, um, not really what I want to work on right now. So I've got all these ideas. Some of them may combine into one idea, right? but, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being in that place again. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah That'll yeah. be fun to see what you come up with. That's <laughs> exciting to see how ideas percolate and, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually it's just, you know, an article that you've read or seen, you know, heard about. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's so interesting that that can spark a whole book. Yeah, me too. I think it's just fascinating. The, yeah. the other thing that I, uh, I'd love to do something with, yeah, I'm a person of, uh, uh, mixed background. I mean, as we all are, but I'm pretty mixed. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom was from India. Her family lived in Pakistan after the partition. My dad is from, he's from New York, but his, uh, his dad was French, uh, Canadian okay. and his mom was Polish, like, um, and, and immigrant family from during wartime. So okay. pretty, relatively recently. So I just, I'm so fascinated with, you know, I could spend there's so much history in dot, all of yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And I did my, my DNA thing where you can see yeah. where, you, where you came from and the map and everything. And I'm, I look at that map of, you know, where you're from. Yeah. Where, where your people are where from. Where yeah. I ended up at. And I just feel like there's a book there, you know, there's, yeah. there's, maybe a separate time, not timelines, but separate, uh, you know, along the same timeline at different times, what Mm -hmm. different parts of a family were doing and how that comes down to a person, because that's endlessly fascinating to me. It is. I agree. And I love one of the things I really love about historical fiction, especially if you can do like the older timeline and the newer timeline, even if they're not current, you know, yeah. you've got the two yeah. different ones and how they're, how authors are able to just weave them yeah. seamlessly together. I mean, it, I find that just so fascinating. Yeah. I love that. When, when it's good, it's so good. When it's good, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. So where can readers find you? Where do you like to hang out online? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I've tried to, I've tried all the social medias. I'm on everything. I'm on, um, social medias yeah <laughs> how old am I <laughs> I'm, just, I'm on everything I'm on all the platforms but I, I tend to prefer um Instagram okay that's where I tend to just go when I have an idea or something to post or announce but um my website is tamathacane.com okay and we are always keeping that updated with um you know the like for instance the pre-order for only only uno was announced yesterday oh awesome um, okay on the the fourth. And, um, so that'll be up to show you where you can go to, to pre-order. Um, and I'm on uh, Linktree, which kind of combines everything in one place, which is yeah, cool. That, that's convenient. Trying to yeah. do more with Pinterest. So if folks would like to support me by, you know, liking some of those pins, I think that helps. Um, and I'm just Tamitha Kane everywhere, but again, it's all can be found by the website. I think that's the easiest. Okay. All the that sounds good. On, I'll on make sure I, I'll hook yeah. that up on the yeah. show notes for you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and th- there is a newsletter you can sign up for there as well. Uh, I try to do that monthly with updates of, um, you know, what's been happening and what's about to happen. We're nice. trying to plan something cool with the, uh, I think you've seen the cover for only Una with the, the red 
Yeah. And the, Love that. Uh, with the black hat. It's so cool. Yeah. It's a very um, striking cover. But that actually came from something that Jane told me about her mom that she loved red lipstick and she had, when she passed, they were shocked at how many red lipsticks she had. <laughs> like, I think, I think she, she liked good things, but she was frugal still, you know, she wasn't like, she didn't have, I, I don't think it was to quarter status, but, but as yeah. far as lipstick, she said, she had some lipstick, I've never huh? seen that many red lipsticks in my <laughs> life. So, so when they, when they asked me if I had any ideas for the cover, I was like, red, you lips. gotta have red lipsticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to do something, uh, some sort of event with a, a, a red lipstick, uh, you know, prize or, oh, or fun. yeah. So that's, um, probably going to be in, uh, November. Nice. Oh, and a Goodreads giveaway should be starting. Uh, the, uh, the middle of October or beginning of November. Okay. Um, we're, we're working on that. Um, so there'll be a giveaway for uh, five, a chance to win one of five signed copies of only Una. Nice. And uh, yeah, so folks can sign up for that. And that's always really exciting. I, yeah. I, I love the, the giveaway for song of the chimney sweep was so much fun. That's oh, awesome. Goodness. How exciting. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff coming. I love that. Yeah. And of course, I always want to uh, promote and, and uplift uh, uh, bookstores, local bookstores. So if folks want to um, pre-order through their local bookstore, Indie yeah. Sound, that's really great. And it helps authors too, just, right. um, you know, to help uh, the locals and help yeah. the author. That's a good way to go. Yeah. I mean, the, um, buying on Amazon is awesome. Um, it's so easy. Barnes, but... Barnes and, yeah. Barnes and Noble. Um, the ebook is available for pre-order on, on both of those, but, okay. um, but yeah, local bookstores are great too. And it will be available in hardcover and paperback. Awesome. That's yeah. exciting. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you for chatting with me today. I really Thank enjoyed you. this. Yeah. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And I, I look forward to only Una. That just sounds fascinating to me. Oh so. gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it being out in the world. Yeah. Well, good luck <laughs> with it. Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escape Podcast. If you enjoy hearing the behind the book story, then join me in the Literary Escape Society. We're a community of travelers who love books, or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.